Hey there, on this May 26, 2021, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and you're connected to this because you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning. Morning. It is so. It is uh, so nice to be here. Where all you sleepyheads? <laughs> On this morning, mm-hmm. I, uh, if I can, as we kick ourselves off this morning, uh, put a thought in your head. I was. Uh, talking with uh, uh, you know my two favorite preachers yesterday well one of them at least the other one I spoke to via email and we were discussing the events of yesterday now I'm not focusing on yesterday because um, what we were commemorating was really important to me and just just hang out tight with me for a minute and I'm explain myself but yesterday was the one year anniversary of the death of George Floyd and a lot of commentary was focused on where we are and where we need to be and so forth and so on and there was one piece of business that said that there was supposed to be a certain piece of legislation that didn't happen but you know I know it it may be hard for you to to grasp the reality that Congress moves slow I really don't care what part of the aisle you sit on But uh, the point of reference was that there were movement, or should I say the good part of this, that there's been movement in other areas, such as the business community and the social community that is different, the private sector social community, business community, if you will. And they are creating and most of your companies now, your big ones at least, a new position called Head of Diversity. And what that company or that piece of business does, that that position with the person who holds it will be responsible for, is doing more research, not looking at how to appeal but how to engage. Back yonder, what happened was they would, (laughs) these companies would look at what made you, as we say in the street, hyper, what made you your mouth water. You know how it went. For you late night TV consumers when you would sit there and watch those hardest commercials and 
You'd see that burger dripping so nice and pretty. They were trying to appeal to your hunger. They were trying to appeal to your desire for cars and clothes and other accessories. But what they have discovered is that we have a new breed who is hard to appeal to. They're not as persuaded as the former societal system was. They have mastered the art, this new breed of minds, to not conform as easily. And so they need these diversity departments to help them better understand the feelings and the emotions and how to better partner these companies are considering. They want to be partners with their customers instead of just passing off goods. And I had a conversation with Pastor Bob today. Well, him by email. Pastor Boothby really talked. Pastor Bob, as you know, is Pastor Freemason Street Baptist Church, and that's significant because the majority of his congregation is white. And Pastor Booth, as you know, is down in North Carolina, North Kakalaki. And the majority of the persons by which he is connected to is black. And so it was very interesting to have those conversations because they're two different sides of the field, you see. Those companies that I was referring to are uh, most of those head of diversity persons will more than likely connect to their churches because most of their companies are connected to their churches, Pastor Bob being the churches I'm referring to and those who share in him. But what would happen if somehow down at the church I don't want to bore your time talking about what can happen over there because most of you don't go there but over on our side of town it's easy to work on how we can or how they can engage with us but the sad reality is or the good reality however you want to look at it tomato tomato in my head most of us may not necessarily know how to directly engage with them. And seeing as the majority of this nation is owned and operated by those individuals, it's at least in my head a good time to understand how to make sure that we know what's going on. Until I talked to Pastor Bob and Booth about a ministry of engagement. And this is where I ask you to pause your prayer this morning. 
Because the good thing is, we're at a point in time where there's not a politician with a brain. And I know this is going to sound very, very different for you because you've watched CNN and MSNBC and all those other fine friends. But there's not a politician with a brain that is not understanding that every vote matters. That's why they're either going to try to get it or suppress it. Because every vote counts. Every voice must be heard. And so what would happen if our attention was focused on learning how the system works? We have a prime opportunity now to do that. Learn how it can operate to our advantage. And then capitalize on those educational moments. That is where Pastor Booth and I left our conversation yesterday with a high hope. That the time has come for us to not just sing, dance, and shout. But since we got to be here for a little bit, better I says, I have come into this world that you may have life. And one of the prerequisites of life is a good job, good health care, good, good food, good shelter. What would happen if we came to that moment? Why are you quietly praying? I hope that's what you've been doing all the time. I'm, I'm sorry if I did not tell you where my head was in that regard. What if our conversations, our moments more like this, quietly meditating on where we can go? I know, again, what they tell you on the internet and the TV and all that good stuff, the Republicans and the white folks and the black folks and whatever that may be put in front of your face. I understand all that stuff, but what if? Our focus became like that little old lady who said, there's a bright side somewhere. There's a bright side somewhere. Don't you rest until you find it. Yes, it's frustrating and you're probably going to need a good friend to cry and cuss to every now and again. I sure do, but still know about that bright side somewhere. Would you pray about that quietly? And while you're praying, quietly, Mom Bell make her way to that piano and give you a little motivation to pray. That's what my song is, The Beautiful Garden of Prayer. That's what the song is. Don't you like you how ready? that work out? Yes? Yeah. Yes. You ready? Oh, okay. 
Okay. The beautiful garden of prayer. We ask that you focus our attention not on the frustrations of the past, that our conversations would not center around our hurts, it's impossible if not extremely hard to get past those things or get over them rather but maybe soon we will get past them kind of like you look over there in that passage of Exodus where those standing pillars was left in the waters it seems to me to be symbolic that our troubles are not meant to get over but they are meant to get past. I know that many of us have been through a lot and we've seen a lot, experienced a lot, but but maybe those standing pillars can yes stand as a reminder of that past and to help keep us aware of things, but the future. Oh, what a beautiful future it can be. If the opening of our eyes, we shall see. 
and we ask this and all those in agreement with that prayer we're starting with the howdy amen Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus. If I can very briefly, at least in my head, it definitely is going to be brief for me because it's Wednesday. Return my 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 heart and my mind and if you will willing to join me back to our Sunday discussion for just a moment. There's a lot of us who find ourselves searching. There's a reason why I felt it important to open the conversation the way that it was because there's some of us who still find ourselves having conversations within ourselves. There was a gentleman by the name of Willie Lynch. You might have heard him or of him. I don't think there's anybody here that really heard him. Except for Brother Dennis, he might be that old. Willie Lynch had this mindset that said, if you mess with the mind, if you destroy the will, you will destroy the person. We've been taught things. We've been led to believe things. Some of us are operating in things. And and there was a time, there was a time, I was listening to Brother Tim Scott a couple of weeks ago during the presidential address to Congress. Like you, it, 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 Annoyed me a little bit. It sure did. Made me feel some type of way. Sent a little tingling, a negative tingling up my spine when he said, "This is not a racist country." That 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 didn't sit well with me. And then there were other people who came out. There was a guy who now occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue who agreed. And I turned. And I really sat there and I thought about it. Is the country racist as a whole? If you were to take all 326 million people and wipe them out and still leave the foundational structure as it is. And a new breed had to come along and operate with the documents, the structure that lives. Is racism a part of that structure, or has racism been adopted into it? 
we hold evident these truths that all men are created equal. Well, whether you are a dude or a girl, there's still a man on the end of it. You a woe man. So all men are created equal. That doesn't sound racist to me. That we all are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That doesn't sound racist to me. Has the truth been blocked? Has the reality been hidden? Has our victory been right there all along and yet covered in plain sight? That's the question that I went and thought about as Brother Tim Scott was speaking. And as I sat down and we had conversations I talked to a lot of people, some from deep down in the country. They were telling me of some opportunities down down yonder near Isla White, Suffolk area. The city was making some decisions. I'm going to be very cautious because it's so close to home, and I don't want to put anybody out there like that. They still have some some ongoing discussions. But the conversation was happening in public, but here's how they got away with it. They knew that they had discussed the black community so much that they weren't going to be involved. There was one of those persons who led the project who said, oh, we didn't anger them enough. They ain't coming. And they didn't. At one point in time, actually, it's the same playbook now that I think about it. If we distract them, we attack their character, if we attack their mind, if we attack who they are, we'll defeat them. And as that young preacher who looked at me, African-American preacher, right in front of God and everybody, and there's a couple of preachers that, that you know, again, I'm not, please uh, forgive me, sensitive down there. But that young black preacher got up, and he looked at us, and he said, it's getting easier and easier for them to attack us. And it's getting harder and harder to get us to fight. These truths that we hold evident that all men are created equal. We're getting ready in a few Sundays, next to be precise, to 
celebrate Memorial Day. Memorial Day is an opportunity for us to sit down and remember Brother Dennis so pointly discussed with me. It's not the time to get your chickens and your your mattresses and your your hats at half price, but to reflect, not to have a good party, but to have a good remembrance of the people who laid down their lives for this experiment known as freedom. And I understand it. I know it may seem as though I don't. Some of you have been in the fight, but I currently live there. I understand what it's like to wake up in the morning and feel helpless and hopeless. But the sad reality is, or at least the reality for me is, it's a little ten times harder. On one side, you have a community of people who determine that they don't have to move, and on the other side, you have a community of people who are so cynical, who are so hurt, who are so busted, who are so disgusted that they're just not going to move. And you find yourself torn between two opinions. That's the world that we operate in at this moment in time. As Brother Dennis, in our private conversation, and just allow me this moment of public extraction from that conversation to say, when you get to that point of Memorial Day, a lot of those boys and girls, and, and if you have an opportunity to go for a walk, there's a nice little memorial down yonder, down in Waterside, excuse me, Down Waterside is a little plaque, a little board on the on the river there, kind of like a little docking area, if you will. It, at least it's connected to one. And inside of that that docking or on that platform there are a lot of letters, letters written back for men who have given their lives on the battlefield. And in those letters, you don't hear of American pride. You don't hear the pop and splendor that your TV suggests. You don't hear of military persons and police officers twitting their cells and poking their chest in the air. No, you read of persons, human beings, sons, husbands, uncles, brothers. And yes, there are a few mothers and sisters out there 
and they write of the horrors of battle. Mom, I shot someone today. And to look into the eyes of another man whose life I decided I needed to take, I shot him. And even though we were at a moment of crossroads, even though it was either him or me, I shot someone today. How would his mother respond when she gets the news? I looked over at him and there was a picture in his pocket. He carried it with him like I carry mine of you. He was a father of a newborn child. And seeing, mother, it's how long we've been out here in this battlefield. It's safe for me to assume that he never saw personally that child. And now, because of me, he never will. Those are the letters that lay on that boardwalk, if you will, of Norfolk. A black man shot someone defending a cause that in some cases doesn't defend him. And yet, he did it because it was his duty. We miss those stories. We have young men and women who run through our houses. Have you ever thought about what's going through their minds? They've seen their friends shot down in midair. They've watched various acts that most of us, if I discuss right now, would please beg me to stop. They fought for freedoms that lay right at our fingertips, and yet they're untapped and untouched. Because a lot of us are still trapped in the wilderness. And I asked, just to peek around the corner 
see not the blessings that have been bestowed upon you because of American justice or ingenuity or this experiment they call democracy, but would you look around the corner and see that there is a creator that before there was an America before, there was a slave ship before there was even an Africa, a prince or a ruby. In the beginning, God. And if somehow that becomes the fundamental focus, the rest becomes easy. You, you do know. that despite our challenges, despite our situations, despite all of the bad that has happened as it pertains to people who look like you and me, there were still those who managed to succeed. And I wasn't in their head. I definitely haven't had the privilege to have a conversation with them, and maybe if I look a little bit harder, we might hear their voices, and I'm sure we will. Madam C.J. Walker was not only the first woman to earn a million dollars in a time where blacks and women were put down. Arthur Ashe, she was the first to successfully achieve high status in the game of professional sports. You have a young lady named Oprah Winfrey who managed to dominate the TV industry in a time where women and blacks were still in a held-down state. How did they do it if the rules was against them, if the laws were not Equal and fair, how did a black man achieve the highest office in the land? It's been hidden in plain sight, I tell you. I've discovered it. It's been designed not to oppress, but to cause us to oppress ourselves. Willie Lynch said, if you can destroy the mind, the mind was not destroyed, the will was not destroyed, but if it can be broken, Harriet Tubman led abolitionists, the greatest abolitionists of all time, if you want to argue that statement. I'm sure somebody will take the case. But she led people through the wilderness to the promised land. How did she do it? How could she hide in New York and Canada 
if the law was against us. It's not the law, it's the interpretation of it. And, and once that law is discovered in its true interpretation, that is where the threat lies. That is what we don't want you to know. We don't want you to know that these truths are created self-evident that all men are equal. We don't want you to know that. We want you to focus on the facts that for tax purposes and for the ability for us to get extra finances for the government, we made black people three-fourths of a person. That's what we want you to focus on. Forget the rest. Don't even read it. As a matter of fact, we glad you can't read. Because if you could, you'd know what we're hiding. You'd know what we don't want you to know. You are somebody. The me that you see is the me that you'll be. Not what you've been taught or told. You don't have to live in the opinions of those who have decided that they're going to operate the way they have. No, we all have access to our own plan. And I know that there's a sense of loyalty. There's a sense of respect that that is garnered because those who have come before us, our elders, our parents, our friends, and that is great for us to hold those persons in high regard. Honor thy mother and thy father. Thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. But at the same time, when my mother and my father forsakes me, forsaking my dreams, forsaking my passions, forsaking my hopes and my abilities, forsaking seeing the world as it appears to me. There is a sense of forsaking even if it's unconsciously done. And at that moment in time, comes the hard reality, the one that has many of us locked in our proverbial wilderness. They left us because they were never with us. For if they had been with us, we would never got the left foot of fellowship down at the church. We would never have gotten the divorce. We would never have been walked away from in our time of need. But it was done because the hard reality was they were never with us. For if they had been with us, I don't conceive or understand if they had been with us, they would have never left us. 
But because they left us, they showed that they were never with us. I'm going to move out of the way, and, and since I've set up for the weekend, ask Brother Dennis to close us out, close us out here in a minute. And when he comes to close, I ask that you take a moment. Actually, take the rest of the week if you if you would. Focus not on that raging sea known as the Red, or that fierce river known as the Jordan. Focus not on it, but look back on it. Say like that old spiritual said, my soul, look back. And you don't wonder. You know. You're not scrubbing flows with a toothbrush anymore. You're not walking around with rags and holes in the bottom of your shoes. You live in houses that were built and designed to make certain that you would never have them, but you in that now. Look at the car in your driveway. I invite you to go get the deed to your house when it was built and see like mine said, no Negroes allowed. Go look at it. And yet your black self lives there. My soul looks back and see. I've come over. I'm going to quit this now, Brother Dennis, if you help me, please. Good morning. Let's pray. Um, let's, let's just before I do that, so take take a moment and think what Brother Eric talked about today, and, and how we can uh, focus on that the remainder of the week, prepare our minds uh, just for this uh, coming weekend and and uh, for Sunday and also Monday. But let's pray, Father God. We just thank you for this time together. We thank you that uh, we can get together midweek, that we can discuss and talk about who you are and how you lead us and, and how you protect us and provide for us. And sometimes we forget that you provide everything for us. Sometimes we forget that you own everything that we have and that we have to thank you and, and, and just glorify your name. And sometimes it's just easy to move along and just forget that you, you're the, the great creator, you're the great physician, you're the great provider, you're you're the beginning and the end, Lord. We just thank you and just want to praise you continuously for what you've done and how you've changed our lives. Lord, we just ask you to continue to watch us, wrap your arms around us, protect us, give us a great rest of the week, Lord, and, and help us, help us to be uh, open to what you have for us to do, how you have, have our our uh, lives in your hands and how, how you want us to glorify your name, not only 
to uh, fellow Christians, but to those who are far from you. Lord, we just thank you, and we just praise you. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you.